Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson, and today I have a power panel. Our power panel today is going to talk about authentic branding, and we all know that branding is your business. If it isn't your business, it should be your business. You guys are going to learn so much information about our panel today. We have experts from, I mean, with amazing backgrounds. And this is an international podcast. We've got um, Lola coming to us from Nigeria. So I'm going to start off with Ichiko first, and I'm going to let Ichiko introduce herself and tell us about mindset and how mindset impacts your brand. Hey, Ichiko, tell everyone who you are and where where you're from. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. So my name is Ichiko Batmuk. I'm a mindset and life coach. So I'm based in California. I'm originally from Mongolia. So the reason why I decided to become a coach is uh, especially a mindset coach is because I just over two years ago, um, I remember myself like living in this victimhood. Um, You know, I really felt like the life is happening to me and I have no purpose, no nothing. I don't know where to go. I feel like um, loser and failure to me because at the time I was an accountant, I was going to be a CPA, but just I really couldn't even pursue myself doing it in the rest of my life. And I really feel like stuck and failure and I don't know what to do with it until I embark upon a journey of self-discovery. That's when I really uh, learned about myself who I am, you know. And that's also when I also learned about, like, I actually have a choice to choose how I want to interact and how I want to respond to this world. So you don't have to be in this victimhood, you know. So that's something I learned that from there. And that's from, from there. I literally practice mindset ever since it's been a two years. So I become certified mindset life coach. So how has impacted me in my life? So... It has impacted me in a lot of ways. I mean, I remember myself like not having a career, not having a friend, not having anything, not having a relationship. So now like I, you know, the the way I look at the world is so different. Uh, The way I have friends that, you know, I interact with, they're so different. I am in a very different place. So as far as social media, I mean, I tend to be mindful about that. And it's really, it can be very addicting because, you know, once you get in, you just get in, you sucked in, right? So um, I tend to be very mindful and really schedule things and really go live and do the things that I know I like to do. Um, I hope I answer, answer your question. Yes, I was saying how mindset really does impact your brand and your image because I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't realize that their brand that they are their brand. And even in social media, I see a lot of entrepreneurs posting things. And I'm like, do you realize that you advertise your business on here? You know, so when you were talking about mindset, I just, it made me think of a whole bunch of different aspects of our identity and how our identity is our brand. And you talked about the shift and the expectations of the world. And then you finding who and what you really want to do and being able to now be in congruence with, you know, your identity and your true brand as a mindset coach. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so I want to go to Catherine. Thank you, Ichiko. I want to go to Catherine because Catherine also helps um, individuals integrate their lives and their brand. So can you introduce yourself and tell us how you how you do that? You're muted. 
All right, I'm muted, thank you. Um, my name is Katherine Roberts and I am an Arizona-based social media marketing content strategist, which basically means that I help service-based business owners show up effectively on social media because your, your business's social media is, is really, it's all for your business. And that's one thing that many business owners, I see them make these mistakes where they just post content just for the sake of saying, hey, I'm showing up consistent, consistently. And consistency is basically the cornerstone of my brand. Um, but it's consistency and consistently showing your ideal client that you are the expert that they need in their lives. And to show somebody that you're an expert, it's not enough to tell them, I know X, Y, and Z. So that's why you need to, to buy. You, you, need to, you need to hire me. It's I need to, you know, you need to show them, you know, who you are as a real human person. I worked in college sports and PR. I'm a huge nerd. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see all my posters behind me. Um, I'm a, a statistician. I'm a numbers girl. Um, and I integrate that into my marketing. You know, the, the Dodgers recently won the World Series and I shared a story about the, um, them coming back from down three games to one in the NLCS um, a few weeks before um, and related that to how you can meet your goals as a business owner. Um, one of my favorite television shows is Star Trek Discovery. There was a quote from Star Trek Discovery about excellence and never hiding your excellence. And, and that's something that I felt very compelled to share with my audience because it is critical to shout to the rooftops how excellent you are at what you do when you're marketing yourself. Um, and that quote just fit perfectly. So that's how I integrate myself into my, my, my business and really use all of the things that I love to show my ideal client that I'm the right person and that it's their time to hire me. And of course, you have to not just show that you're an expert, you have to give them that opportunity to buy from you, to take that next step, whether that is um, to join you for a free call or to join one of your programs or to go straight into um, you know, your, your high-level one-on-one work. All of that stuff needs to be conveyed through your social media marketing because if not, then you are, you know, you're wasting your time and social media is a beast as it is and we really don't need that to happen. So that's why it is imperative to, to use your time so wisely. You know, not, not all of us are, are single cat moms who have a million hours a day to hang out on the computer and hang out on social media. So, so to take as, you know, as, as effectively to um, use your time is, is critical. That's something that I, I really impress upon my, my clients and even myself. Thank you for that, because you literally told us how to integrate who you are into what you do. I think a lot of people overcomplicate because they're so busy trying to be who they think the world needs versus who they are. And that makes, you know, even the, the social media planning and everything so much harder, you know. And I know that I'm one of those type of people that I will not look at anything. I'll just go do something. I started my podcast, never listened to a podcast a day in my life. Because I've realized the power of influence. You can be influenced by others even when you don't know it. You can look at something and then you're questioning, you know, should I wear this? Should I wear that? Should I look like this? Should I do that? You know, what should I write about on social media? What should I this? So you kind of, you, you definitely hit the nail on the head when you talked about just, just be you and integrate who you are into what you do. But I also love that you said you're a nerd. I'm a nerd. I like being a nerd. Um, I think that, you know, it's hard for us to really um, be free to be us. 
as entrepreneurs because we have a different level of responsibility on social media than everybody else. Everybody else is just posting family pictures like, hey, I went to the park this weekend. Before we post, we literally have to think about who our audience is because we have a personal audience and we have a professional audience and they may not be the same people. So we're constantly worried about how to do that, you know, congruently. And so I'm going to come back to you on that because we're going to dig deeper into that. I want to go to Lola because she also is um, a social media specialist and she specializes in teaching others how to tell their story. So Lola, can you tell the world who you are and what you do? Hey, my name is Lola and what I do is not specifically for social media, but it's messaging. I am a messaging strategist. And what I do is I help people tap into their most powerful stories and also speak to the needs and desires of their audience at such a level that the audience has no choice but to want to be around them and to buy from them. So talking, I want to talk back to what Catherine said. And one of the things I find people do is they see someone else's story and Anika, you said so. So they see someone else's story on social media and suddenly they try to model that person. So it's no longer them. They're now being a mirror of someone else. So someone comes and says, I had a 10K month. Suddenly all their posts are about 10K months. Someone comes and starts talking about their baby. Suddenly they're all around their baby. And now those things are not bad on their own. But you have to really ask yourself, why am I doing this? what is the intention of me showing up on social media today because i tell my clients like messaging isn't just facebook it could be an email it could be you know you're doing a live video it could be a speech it could be a podcast it's really not you know the tactic or the tactic of the moment it's really the underlying strategy so when we talk branding we're not saying just your colors we're saying what is the underlying message behind everything what is the thing that people want to hear? And what is the thing that you stand for? Because many people don't stand for anything. So they're just here, there, and they're everywhere, and they're not standing for anything. And because of that, their messaging is falling flat. What do you actually stand for? So that's the first question. What do I stand for? And what do I want my audience to know? When you have those two questions dialed in, every other thing builds on that. Thanks, Lola. I'm literally taking notes. You know, what do you stand for and what do you want your audience to know? And I think that that's a, a struggle for people that aren't clear on their niche, which that word is like daunting. It's like Halloween to a lot of people. For me, it is. Let me just speak for myself because everybody's like, Anika, you need to narrow your niche. I'm like, narrow? I don't know that word. I want to do this for everybody and I want to teach everybody everything and I want to I serve the world and I want to change the world and make it a better place. You know, Michael Jackson song and everything. Um, but you know, it is very hard for some people depending on what your gift is and what your skill is, because, you know, when you really try to narrow it down, it, I realized that my messaging is all over the place because it's like one minute I'm talking about health. The next minute I'm talking about money. The next minute I'm talking about this, but ultimately I finally realized in personal and professional development, we hit on every single aspect of your life. But a lot of people don't know how to really capture in the messaging. But as you said, if you do it as storytelling and you're able to just be authentic, it's hard to mimic somebody because it's not you. 
you got to dig and you got to figure out, you know, what it looks like. It's easy to be you, but I think everybody's afraid to be authentic. People don't even know what authentic is because they've been conforming to a world that's telling them who they should be. So now they don't even know who they really are. So when you say tap in and, and tell your story, they're like, for me, I, the first thing I say is which story? Which story? Because the seasons of my life are so different. And so that's the thing. But, I, you know, a lot of times we overthink. And instead of just being able to just say what we do, um, we, it's hard for us. But this is why we need people like you, Lola. So thank you for being, you know, for, for teaching people how to, you know, properly convey their message um, and, and definitely through storytelling. And I'm, we're going to come back to something that you said because you said it's not just Facebook. Messaging is also in emails. We're going to come back and talk about vehicles. Because we use different vehicles to do what we do. Um, so I want to get everybody's introductions, but we're going to come back to that. Thank you, Lola. I want to go to Jasmine. Because Jasmine is a digital strategist that helps people with overwhelm and simplifies all of this crazy talk that we're talking about in marketing. Marketing is like, dum, dum, to a lot of people, but you actually simplify it. So can you introduce yourself, Jasmine, tell everybody who you are and what you do? My name is Jasmine Partita. I am based out of Sacramento, California, and I am the owner of the Simplicity of Socials. And it's um, courses, online courses that are self-paced, as well as um, group coaching programs that really help bring down, and you see this a lot with entrepreneurs and small business and nonprofits, is that, again, like you said, they have so many stories they want to tell, and they become overwhelmed. And so taking people from the overwhelm to, this, to the strategy and the simplicity of what social media is. And what I was saying earlier was that one of my favorite things about social media, it's the first time that small businesses can compete with the targets and the Amazons of the world. It's the first time that the playing field is leveled. And one of the things that's really interesting when you're talking, Lola, especially about um, being authentic and bringing in your authentic self is that we spent the first 10 years of social media curating our perfect version of ourselves. So now what happens is if we're any variation off of that, we feel like we're not being somehow it's not authentic the way we're supposed to be authentic. And so what you have to start doing is really defining, like you said, who we are, but then being okay to show up humbly and say, this is the struggle. This is the real story. This is my truth. And put that that deeper background behind what we do when we show up in social media as part of our, part of our authenticity, because the like you said, there's other people that have already done this. There's other people that are already telling their stories that with the mass amount of information, with the overwhelm, we don't need anybody else curating their perfect life anymore. We need real people out there and we want to work with real people. And we want to work with real companies. And so pulling together a strategy that allows you to do that is a big piece of what, of the work that I do. I could keep going on authenticity forever, to be honest. We're going to come back to it because it's going to be a, a, its own segment because it is it is the foundation of what we do and and who we are. But I want to um, I want to thank you for that because simplicity I think is what everybody needs. You just said that you know we curating the perfect version of ourselves. When we first launch our businesses, the social media aspect of it is the most important aspect because it's how we're getting it out there. The world doesn't know that we even have a business because most of us don't work in our backyards. You know, social media allows us to have international clients. It allows us to have international platforms. And so our, our meat and potatoes is in social media, whether we like it or not. I know every time I get ready to launch my events, I go in, in Facebook jail. I'm like, wait a minute, I never post. And then I post the week of my conference and I'm in jail. And I got angry because I said I never wanted anything in my life to have that amount of power. 
but when we are unable to convey our message on social media, it is paralyzing. And so that just goes to show us how important it is in what we do. So I definitely want to come back to that. I want to come back to um, being able to simplify it. Because if we can just simplify the overwhelm, the anxiety for, for us as business owners around social media, I think a lot of us would go farther. So we're well, definitely, uh-huh, go ahead. I just want to say to that point, I mean, there's so many tools, there's always the new best thing. And, you know, there's a lot of distraction. There's a lot of um, different angles you can go on social media and really being clear in who you are, how you're showing up and what your business is all about so that you can really tone in on your target audience and you can let all the rest of the noise go. Um, somebody's always going to be trying to sell you the next big product for your business. You don't need it. You don't need it. So move past it and keep moving forward with what you have and what works for you. I love that you said that because we're definitely going to talk about that more. You know, every time I get I get pitched to, I'm like, oh, well, maybe this is the system that I needed. <laughs> it's like, you know, and then I'm spending hours trying to learn that. And it, 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 it distracts me from where I was going. And I'm like, wait a minute. I just spent three weeks trying to figure out Salesforce <laughs> or, or Keep or, you know, Infusionsoft, all these things, because I'm like, you know, I needed to automate and I need this. And then it's like, but then you have Zapier and then you have. And so you're right. So many people, somebody asked me the other day, they said, what platform do you use for your podcast now? And I said, Anchor, because I don't have a problem with it and I don't care who comes out with something else. I need consistency and it's consistent for me. And I think a lot of us, we really go down those rabbit holes of those distractions and we don't realize how much time we lose, which is why I originally said, you know, social media can be that distraction to some people. But as you all have said, you have to be strategic about, you know, what you're doing. You can't just fly by the seat of your pants. So we're going to come back to that because I want to get Ruthie and Melody's introductions out and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about all this. But thank you, Jasmine. Ruthie, I want to have you introduce yourself, but first I want to say happy Veterans Day um, to Ruthie, and she can introduce herself to the world. Tell us who you are and what you do. Okay, my name is Ruthie Bowles, and I am the founder of Defy the Status Quo, which is an authority marketing consultancy, and I call myself the radically authentic authority marketing consultant, which is why I knew I had to be a part of this panel. So... Uh, you know, I work a lot with people who want to embrace the fact that they do have a, a personal brand and use that to grow their businesses. And so a lot of that is, uh, you know, telling those authentic stories. So just, and I do it on LinkedIn. All right. So I know, you know, we've got Instagram, we've got, and I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, but LinkedIn is my like one true social media love. It, it really is. And so the fact that I am able to show up exactly the way that I want to on a platform where everybody says it's B2B, it has to be professional, um, I think says something to the methods that I want to use. Um, I've, I've made posts and content around peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. There are stories all around you. And part of the work that I do is learning about what those different story pillars are and not losing the human in the business. And that is something I see a lot in the B2B space, especially. So for example, um, because I'm a US Army combat veteran, you know, I've done, I've been involved in some pretty dangerous things, but I've also had some things happen. So I'm actually a two-time military sexual trauma survivor. And that is a story that I share in my content 
It's something I go on podcasts and talk about, not because there's a, a business advantage, but because it frees my spirit to tell that story. It helps other people when I tell that story and it, it helps people understand, you know, behind everything, I'm a human. And just another piece too about talking about the strategy and the tactics to Jasmine's point about getting distracted by the next best thing, uh, I run and so I, my first step with all of my clients is to build a strategy. And a lot of people think that a strategy just consists of the different tactics that you want to use. And that can't be further from the truth. Your strategy has to be tied to your business goals or else what else, what is it for? You can go in circles. Consistency. We've talked about consistency already a bunch, but you can be consistent in the wrong direction. You can be consistent in the wrong direction. So just this week, I did a live stream talking about the false promises of marketing tactics. And my example was if you go outside, because I have I have four kids, I've got a bunch of goats and chickens and ducks, and this is my life, I'm in Maryland. But if you go outside and get to the road that's right in front of my house, and you go right, you can go to the gas station, right? So let's say I send my husband, I want my husband to go to the gas station. If he goes right, he will get to the gas station. If he gets out of it, you know, if he walks, he will make it to the gas station, right? If he keeps moving. But if he goes out onto this road and goes left, I don't care if he's in a Ferrari, he's never getting to the gas station. There's a dead end down there. So you can be consistent in the wrong direction. You can move fast and go in the wrong direction and not hit your goals. And that is what I think of when my clients talk about overwhelm is that they're, they're blogging, they're on LinkedIn, they're on Facebook, they're in Facebook groups, they're on Instagram, they're doing podcast interviews, they're speaking, um, and then they're blogging some more, right? And they're doing it and they should be getting results because they're so consistent. But to what end? Why are you doing those things? And that is the answer. That is what the strategy answers for you. And, and so many business owners invest in the tactics ahead of the strategy, putting the cart before the horse. And you can imagine how fast that cart goes when it's in front of the horse, right? So. Thank you, Melody. And I was taking notes because yes, you're absolutely right. And we're gonna talk about your trauma. Because, you know, my, my slogan is, you know, turning your pain to power. Now that's everybody's slogan. But the reality of it is, is that we have to stop being afraid of our stories. You know, and, and you said something about telling your story because a lot of people are confused about why you would talk about a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I was cracking up because I have posted it. <laughs> so I was like, yep, I posted it. Um, but, yeah, people don't realize is that we have to be human. And we have to be able to build rapport. And I think that's what a lot of people are missing. And that's one of the problems that I have with social media because I am a service-based individual, you know. And, you know, I miss the rapport building with working in treatment centers and being able to talk to clients, hug clients, laugh, joke, have group therapy and things like that. And I wish that more business owners and people like that would build, take the time to build the relationships. We're getting away from that. You know, I was just looking at somebody that had a sign up that said, please stop DMing me your pitch you know and and that's the thing yeah so that's the part that's the part when I think of social media I'm 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 talking about the trauma behind social media not the yeah. benefits of it but these are the things that really that we have to to deal with and and talk about and and fix in our okay. businesses and we got to do but it there, the right way and there was something you said though before I just remembered we struggle to be authentic but I want to change that word authentic we struggle to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. If we are truly ourselves, if we are show up as our authentic selves, what if they don't like us? Yep. What if we are rejected? 
authenticity and vulnerability go hand in hand. And that is why I believe it is hard. So I practice that vulnerability in everything. I don't know how to be anything else. Uh, I, 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 vulnerability is like my favorite thing. And I love working with vulnerable people. It's, it's my passion because what I have understood is that people that are willing to be vulnerable are the realest people you will ever meet in your life. When you take those walls, yes, yes. You know what you're dealing with. You know what they're thinking, you know how they feel. And that's, and I'm like, okay, so I've realized like who I want to work with, but it's like, you know, they're not out here in our entrepreneurial world. But, but when I was talking, when each co introduced herself, she was so specific about her target audience that I was like, you know what, all those fears that people have about narrowing, she literally narrowed it down to the T of who she wants to help. And I commend her for that. And we'll, we'll get back to that. I want to let Melody do her introduction so we could open up the floor for our conversation. So um, Melody, can you tell the world who you are and what you do? Hey everybody! Oh my gosh! How, how do I follow these amazing women? This I saved you for last because you have this all of that. You got this academy and these thirty <laughs> years. So I was like, "Yep, let me let me let Melody sum it all up." But yeah, tell everybody all the magnificence you got going on over there. The old lady, the old lady in the room here. Well, <laughs> first of all, let me let me tell you something. I authentic is a word that I didn't hear a lot of in marketing until the last maybe five or 10 years. So I love that it is something that people do have to consider. Um, I actually, I, I, my name is Melody Tholstrup. I'm uh, the owner of My Size Marketing. We're a marketing coaching and training firm. And what I do is um, something that's been done even before we had social media, which is help people set and reach their marketing goals and encourage them to not only set them, but to be accountable to themselves, to their their, their, their clients, to their friends, to their family, to me, so they can actually move forward, right? And I also, um, I didn't mention this earlier, but one thing that I do that's my other passion is, and, and Jasmine is a wonderful advocate as well. I um, teach entrepreneurs twice a month and also one-on-one -on -one coach them at a nonprofit. It's SBA funded nonprofit called The Catalyst. And we help brand new startup business owners. So I teach a course that basically takes you from your vision and your idea to, you know, how much is it going to cost to your target market? And one thing that I see across the board on everybody that's doing this, which makes me love my job, is that none of us who are entrepreneurs, and I didn't want to be one until 10 years ago, none of us do this really for the money, for the prestige. We do this because we want to serve. We want to help someone. We see a problem. Uh, we see an issue in the marketplace, and we know we think we can solve it better than anybody else, right? So when I teach my clients how to do marketing, I think, what are you, what is the solution that you're providing and who are you, who are you providing it for, right? We're serving because if you think in terms of how I can help this client or customer, your marketing will almost write itself because you're trying to help someone, right? If I'm trying to help you learn how to cook something and I'm not a cook, but if I've told you how to do it, I would go through all the description. And then I would, if I was a good friend, I would help you when you got stuck, I would help you find other resources. If you ran out of this ingredient, I would give you ways to do shortcuts. I would make sure you got that cake made or that recipe made. And so when we look at marketing and being authentic, if we're not that got that perfect customer who we're trying to take care of and give them that result in our mind at all times, I don't care how many awesome posts you create or how many emails or how many things you do, you're not solving their problem right? You're wonderful and they want to work with you, but they don't know how or why. And so if my messaging is not coming across that I can help you do these specific things and have these results, then I don't care how much money I've got in my marketing budget, it's not going to help me. 
because perception is reality. We get one chance to make a good first impression. And if my brand doesn't say I can help you with your marketing and setting and reaching your goals, then I need to look at my brand. I need to research because I'm not helping that client. And the brand has to show them immediately, I can help you in some way. That's ideally. Um, and like I said, we've been doing this before social media ever came around. So my goal with my clients is to say, okay, who are we taking care of? How are we taking care of them? And then let's see how we can, like with Lola said in messaging, how can we share how we do that in our messaging? So again, been around a long time. I know social media is awesome, but people, we don't own Facebook. We don't own all those followers. We own our email list. We own our website for now. <laughs> But the customers, once they're a good customer, you, you technically own them as long as you're keeping on giving that solution and communicating with them and building and keeping that relationship sacred. And then they'll market for you. And that's the ideal scenario. So you just broke it down. I have a PDF on the 10 ways to gain visibility outside of social media because so many people are putting all their eggs in one basket. And that basket, I mean, if you lose that basket, you have nothing. And so we've got so many people that are just, you know, I, have you guys noticed that people have Facebook pages as their website? And I'm like, but what if somebody's not on Facebook? I mean, I'm going in town and I'm handing out business cards. These people aren't on Facebook, especially in Hawaii. Hawaii is very big on natural you know, natural things and, and all that. And so these are the things you guys are dispelling a lot of the things that I want to talk about. So the first question I'm going to put on the table is, and, and I need you to, Melody, um, to rehash this, what other vehicles can people share and, and, and brand and message on other than social media? So like I said, email is something that I, when I first started, before I ever had my own business, I worked for a um, news media website that was statewide. All the newspapers, they were all you know, combined on one website. And one of the things we found early on was when we would do giveaways, we would do promotions, people would sign up for these emails. And they, if they chose to opt in, then we had these names that our clients now could use and they could send out, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So if somebody chooses to get something, and there was a study that I read, I think last year that said, and, and it's even more so now, people are gonna be checking their email. They may not open every one, they mm -hmm. may not look through every one, but the bottom line is they, they have to check their email nowadays for even my kids, my 18 year old has to check his email. So they're gonna check it. And if you are not opted out of and they keep subscribing, then just think of that as like a tiny billboard going in their email every day. Now it's up to you how you use your messaging like Lola said, you know, the messaging's got to hit that pain point, trigger that response. The bottom line is you can control who's in your email. As long as they say opted in, they're yours. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something that people might, even if you just send an Outlook email and you blind copy everybody that you know, so they don't see each other's email, at least you can send something out that's saying, hey, I've got this that I thought you might use, or this might benefit you, or I just wanted to let you know about this, again, about service. But that email is a powerful tool and it always has been, but now we're finally figuring that out. So, Absolutely. And um, Ruthie wrote, as a chicken owner, it's super sad when you drop your eggs. <laughs> I always use eggs in one basket. I don't know another phrase to use, but I literally see people um, literally talking about they're doing one thing, you know, just Facebook. And, and I actually started using LinkedIn and I actually prefer LinkedIn. I haven't really been able to shift because my Facebook notifications come 
first and I get like 150 Facebook notifications a day because people want instant gratification the minute that your light turns green they expect you to respond right now and I don't like that either because that contributes to anxiety it contributes to a lot of other things yes I'll turn off my notifications but I'm just saying you know it, it contributes to a lot of things that compound and and lead to the distractions that Jasmine was talking about and the white noise and all of that stuff you just go down this rabbit hole but um Catherine you said you wanted to talk about vehicles as well um so tell us some more vehicles that that we can use other than social media and then we'll talk about the right ways of using social media you're on mute again yeah, <laughs> um technology man uh, so, so what i i really wanted to chime in on not really speaking to using social media as a driver to your email list, which like Melody mentioned, is what you own. That's the, that's the foundation of your business. And that's, the, that's where the sustainability of your business and the scalability of your business comes in. Um, I remember in early 2018, right before I started my business, there was this story that had gone around about this blogger on Instagram who had a six-figure following. And that following disappeared one day because Instagram deleted her account for whatever reason. And I remember the thing that she said was, I have, I'm going to have to get a nine to five job. And it just really goes to show you. And this actually happened to a friend of mine, a friend of the friend who had her account was disappeared by Instagram. And it's, it's really, you know, as, as critical as it is to market your business on social media and, you know, on places like Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest and YouTube, you don't own those followings. You don't own those platforms. You know, Instagram right now, as we're um, recording, this has restricted access to recent posts in hashtags. And so a lot of people do their marketing out there. A lot of people do their engagement in that Avenue. And so first off, don't freak out. Um, but second off, you have to understand that the goal is to get people off of social media and onto your email list, where then you can market to them and say, hey, check out this blog post that I created. Check out this Instagram post. Check out my IGTV. I'm going live over on Facebook. That's a really critical thing is get them on your email list, get them engaging with you there so that they can see you and be nurtured by you on other platforms like your social media platforms that you use to market yourself. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I think there are like 65% of business owners that do not even know that, and that is the goal. I know I've had clients that don't even have email lists, and I'm like, I'm like, you're hiring me for something, but I can't even do what you hired me for because you don't have these things done. Jasmine, I just saw those eyes. You <laughs> must have had that happen. And it's like, it's like you don't need me for what you think you need me for. You need me to do all this other stuff. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's one of the first things that I run into with a new client is that they want to make decisions. And they don't know how, but it's you don't know how because you don't have any data. So the first thing you have to do is review your data and social media and move people over to something that you can pull more data from and see your open rates. What are people responding to? You can't make any decisions if you don't have the numbers and the data. No, <laughs> I saw the look. And it, it's the truth because everybody has this perception of what they think. I know a lot of times I even post on Facebook. I'm like, are you incorporated? Because everybody thinks that you just create a business page and you own a business. And it's like, no, you have a logo. That does not mean you have a business. I need everybody to understand how to do this right. But I'm glad that Melody brought up the email list because I don't even think people know that that's what you're supposed to do. Your friends list is not your clients and your customers. That's not what that list is for. Um, I'm going to go to Ruthie before I get on a tangent. Um, Ruthie, you said you wanted to go on vehicles um, to, to add more about the vehicles of, of yes. what vehicles to use. 
Yes. So the other big thing I think that people forget is that social media, yes, you can create original content for social media. I love to create a social media post to kind of test a content idea before I invest in it and go deeper and let's say create a video or a blog post or whatever, because those take more time. But social media is promotion and distribution vehicle. Like that's what it is. So once you've used it to test those ideas and kind of get through that part, when you're creating your very best stuff, it needs to live on something that you own. Because yep. like, like Catherine said, like if, if I did IGTV and let's say I did my podcast only on Instagram and then Instagram deleted me, like a million followers, 10 million followers is not going to matter. So it's, it's a distribution and promotion channel as well. And then looking at other vehicles, well, what about the ways that you borrow other people's audiences? And so I love, I love to do things like this where it's interviews, podcasts, speaking. I love to do those types of things because I use them to fuel my marketing engine, right? So those are the types of things that I repurpose and put on my social media channels. And those are the types of things that live in different places. So I've diversified the location of my authority, basically. If you Google Ruthie Bowles, I'm coming up. Like it's me, like I'm coming up and my entrepreneur contributor page is coming up. My different social media channels are coming up. My website's coming up, but also my interviews on a whole bunch of different people's podcasts and on their websites, my guest posts everywhere. Those things are coming up. So eggs in one basket. No, even, even if I love LinkedIn, but if it disappeared tomorrow, like I am not left with nothing. You live on. So that's the other thing, diversity. Um, but yes, like social media promotion and distribution. Do not let your best ideas live and die on social media. Pull them somewhere where you can control it and drive that traffic, but also to control the full brand experience. People do not get to get, people get lemon water. They get lemon water on social media. And then when they hit your website and, and your email and those channels that you control, then they get the lemonade. Thank you, ma'am. Anybody have a comment to that? I do. So I wanted to even share a story. When Katrin was talking about a business shutting down because of social media, my first business shut down because of Facebook ads. So I had an e-commerce business before I started serving internationally and I was importing stuff from China and I had ads going out. I did not build an email list. And so I had ads going out. I was selling like 50 a day and Facebook changed whatever they changed and they banned my first account. So I opened another account and they banned it. And finally they stopped me from advertising, they stopped my husband from advertising because I was also using his account to advertise. And just like that, I had 500 pieces that couldn't go out because everything was built on Facebook. So I totally understand what it feels like to lose your whole business because you're like focusing on just one social media. So even though I'm, I'm still on Facebook, I'm doing organic. I can't do ads because of something that happened like three years ago. But I can't do ads even now. And that whole e-commerce business, it died a natural death. I had to like adjust immediately. So most times what, what I find is people are scared, like an email list, you have to be sending out emails, but social media is like, it's there. I can just come do cat videos. I can come and just say hi, hi. And people, <laughs> people will want it. But your email list, your websites, that's where the real work is. And yes, Facebook is vicious. 
every single time they're, they're changing something and you can't control like right now they just change something with organic so most people are not getting as much engagement as before and they're still going to change more things because it's facebook it's their business if they're not there to serve you they just give you a platform they can decide what goes on on their platform they own the business you're just there like you're renting space and anytime they're tired of you they're going to kick you out of that space and give someone else the space that is absolutely true and believe it or not i can't i can't do facebook ads anymore and i've reached out saying who can i talk to you know like amazon anywhere you can pick up the phone you could call and speak to somebody you cannot do that with facebook and i have been kind of angry ever since but then it's like you know what that keeps them from taking money out of my account even when i don't want them to because that happens too and so we have got to be smarter and we have got to stop giving people power that should not have power over you know our message and our brand and and i have to i have to stop worrying because i worry about everybody else the minute that i talk, have a conversation and i think jazz it must be like me because she makes these same looks when I say stuff. But when I have the conversation with somebody and I hear that they're doing something like that and I'm like, no, because like I'm like, once you know better, you have to do better. But there are people that are still putting all of this money and they are just they're putting everything that they have on Facebook. And I really want to become a ghost because I'm like, the only way to show people is that you can't reach me and you can't just inbox and I'm not just going to do whatever you want is because that's I don't run my business on there. Like, if you want to talk to me about business, email me, call me. We have business numbers. We have emails. We have mail, 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 like postcards, mail. I promise we do. And me living in Hawaii, I, I live by mail. Everything I get from Amazon or anywhere has come from mail. But it's taught me that, you know, stop putting all of this power in somebody else's pocket because Mark Zuckerberg is on another island in Hawaii and Kauai with his family living it up because we're paying for all these ads and everything else. What about billboards? What about, you know, email lists? When I do my conferences, I actually do Atlanta Business Chronicle. It, it, they have an email list. I like to look at magazines, advertisements, things of that nature, because those are businesses that we need to continue to support. Those are places and things that people, our audience, are faithful. You know, how many people have been getting Essence, Jet, People Magazine all these years? If we see something in people, it's gospel. Whether it is or not, we've been watching it. We know the brand. So, you know, we've really got to look at the different vehicles and use them and stop putting all of this emphasis on there. Not to mention the one thing that I've learned is when you want conversions, when you really want to convert, it's not going to be on Facebook. It may be, but you have to think about what type of business you're running. If you want professionals, you want people that are in professional organizations and all those things like me and mental health, it's on LinkedIn. So, you know, we have to really take the time to sit down. But that's why I want to, to, to put this question out here. And I want to know who wants to answer this. This is about building an authentic brand. A lot of people don't even know what a brand entails. When we first decide, okay, I'm going to start a business. Yes, we know to make a logo. But what determines what colors we make? What determines what we call our business? What determines, you know, what pictures we use? What is a, what is a brand? What actually is a brand? So I actually, this is the first module of my um, Simplicity of Social course, which is a walkthrough of you write down what are the three words you want people to think of when they think of your business. And what I find is then I give them homework and I make them come back a week later and say, now go ask people the three words they think of when they think of your business. And they often do not align. 
So your brand is what people think of, whether it's what you think of or not is not really your brand. Your brand is actually what's seen, not what you put out, right? So that's how you know your messaging and what you're putting out and what you're doing doesn't work. So once you understand that, then you have to unite your messaging so that they think of the words that you're, you want them to, right? First you have to align. And then the next thing you have to do is think about tone. Who are the people you're trying to reach? Once you know the tone, is it aggressive? Some people love, love aggressive. It depends on the industry you're in, right? Some of them, they have to be soft because you're in more of an advocating space. Whatever it is that you're doing, think about who you're talking to and how they prefer to be talked to. It's kind of like how my husband and I have had to learn how to show love to each other. He loves it when the kitchen's clean. I'm, I hate cleaning the kitchen. If it's messy, I know he still loves me and I don't care. But to him, it's like, if this is clean, that's love. <laughs> so that's what we do, right? And to him, feeding people is love. So he's always trying to get me to eat when I'm not even hungry. And I'm like, I'm not even hungry. What are you doing right now? And I realized, oh, that's him showing me love. We have to talk to people the way they want to be talked to. So once you identify what you, how you want to be seen and how you, uh, and who you're talking to, you can pick the colors, the tone, the images, everything else slides into place in, in my world. Okay. Um, so yeah, Jasmine, the three words thing, love that um, so much. Uh, but in terms of what I consider the brand to be, I think it also ties back to how you're perceived, um, but also the brand experience, the emotions, right? That you want people to feel. And, and, but then also it also ties back. I think Lola said it, you know, what do you stand for? So then what are the pillars, right? The, the morals and things behind your brand. So authenticity, honesty, being upfront, that's me. I am a bit aggressive, but that ties into kind of the personality as my personality grew in the army, uh, you know, soft and reserved was not going to cut it. It wasn't. So that's just kind of how I am now. Um, but I think it's when you bring those things together, the things that, you know, what you stand for, but then also the experience that you want people to have, the emotions that you want to convey. And then like Jasmine said, it just kind of all flows after that, right? So like my brand colors, they are red and black, <laughs> right? Red and black and uh, gold as an accent color. And then there's white space, but it's all very sharp. It's all very, you know, it's all very strong. And, and, you know, even the music I use on my intro for my podcast, like it's like, you know, bopping type music, you know, it's very in your face, but that is my brand. That is my brand, but I've worked with clients, right? Like, uh, did website for a mindset coach that was all, you know, that was curves and blues and greens and soft and, and it just, you know, kind of drew you in, but that was the experience that she wanted her clients to have. The brand is what people think of. And, and when you actively cultivate the brand, then you control that experience. Those are totally on, I mean, y'all are hitting the nail on the head hard. Um, one of the things that, that I actually learned from a, a former boss and that, that she preached, and she actually worked some with Simon, Simon Sinek um, when she did some leadership coaching up in New York, but he said, or she said, you know, you know, your why, the whole thing about the why, why you do what you do. And, but she said, you know, your brand, your business personality is so much more authentic and effective as a branding tool for your business than anything a marketing company can come up with. So I always challenge my, especially my startup clients, you know, write down your mission. What are, why are you doing this and what are you, who are you doing it for? 
and, and you know, what is your goal? What is your goal with this solution you're providing to the marketplace? And then like she's like Jasmine said, keywords and phrases, um, because again, you want that to come clear out the gate. When I work with clients trying to help them with, you know, logo, and I'm not a designer, but, you know, try to guide them, like she said, you know, fonts and colors and things like that, that triggers our brain in places we don't even realize yet, the subconscious, but, um, but everything you do has to line up. Everything has to line up with that mission. So that's why even in old school business plans, your mission statement is the first thing they tell you to write. Because if you can't write that and convey that in just very clear phrases and, and keywords, then everything else will just be cloudy and it won't be clear. If it's not clear to you, it's sure not gonna be clear to your client. So I think that's a great exercise of writing, you know, keywords and phrases. And so a similar exercise that we did, Jasmine, in our, in our um, when we used to have live meetings in person, we would have new businesses. Again, some of them didn't even have names for their business, but we'd have them go around the room and it was kind of like the telephone game. You'd have two different people paired together who didn't know each other. They had just met, knew a little bit about each other, but they had one minute each to introduce themselves and what their business was. And then the other person got a minute. And then at the end, no, no, or anything. They had to introduce that other person and their business to the rest of the group. Well, those who've been doing it in a while knew some words they had used a lot in phrases, so it was easier for that other person to get who they were or what they did. But the people who weren't sure yet, they might have, you know, told them things that the other person remembered things that that the business owner may never have even thought about, but that was how they used to describe their business. So if you write that mission statement and you literally commit it to memory and you say it to yourself as well as everybody you love, then your brand will start to take shape. But she, you're right. You have to know keywords. You have to know colors. You have to know those things. But that's why you hire professionals who know how to put all that together. If you know what your mission statement is, you can rely on wonderful you know, people to help you cut that together. So that's my philosophy on that. Um, I want to chip in to what Melody said, because I find that most times not knowing your mission can just make you derail right from the scratch. But your mission also evolves because that's what, it's not set in stone. Most people feel like branding is set in stone. So I have this brand, so forever I'm stuck to it, but it's not. As you evolve in your business, your branding may evolve. Like um, late last year, my whole mission was to make money so I could help 100 women in Africa. I'm still committed to that. But some events in my country changed my mission, made me realize like it's not really about giving 100 women handouts. It's about helping them actually start something so they can give people handouts too. And suddenly my mission now just shifted from like, oh, my business is just about helping 100 women in Africa. My, my mission moved on to be helping people get money, helping good people get money, helping good people channel money so that they can implement some good in the world. And for me, that means the women I'm helping in Africa, I'm not just saying, okay, this is a handout. I'm saying, okay, this is some money, but what do you want to do with it? So we're taking it a step further. And, and that, that's the beauty of starting with the mission before you start all the branding and everything. And Ruthie, I saw your comments. Most people just think, oh, you know, it's, I'm just going to go to the Canva and I'm going to pick seven colors and, and put it all together. <laughs> that's not the brand. Underneath the colors, there has to be something driving it. Absolutely. And I think that everybody gets so excited 
about the colors and the logo and all that stuff. And it's way deeper than that. And I asked you guys about the color specifically because in one of my conferences, I had a speaker from South Africa and she does colorism. And she does the colors and the meaning and all that. And I think that when you take it a step further, you know, I think Jasmine was saying something about what do you convey? I ask people all the time, what am I? I ask my husband all the time. And my husband says, women empowerment. I'm like, no, 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 that's not it. You know, but I ask everybody, you know, my mom, people that, you know, don't even know coaching and stuff like that. That's what everybody says. And I'm like, no. No, like I'm wanting them to say leadership or authenticity. I, and my slogan is heal, deal, and grow. Because no matter what you're doing, you can be a business owner, but if your mental health is messed up, if your family situation is messed up, like I really want to help people go from the beginning to the end because no matter what your goal is, you cannot achieve it if you're a mess. So I really struggle because everybody's like, oh, women empowerment. And I'm like, no. So then when it comes to the colors and all that, I'm always trying to incorporate advocacy education, all these things. But when Ruthie talked about authority, I struggled because I was a correction officer in all male prisons for 10 years. So for me, I walked in there as a 24 year old, young, timid girl, but I came out of there as this boss chick, like, and, and everybody's like, why are you so aggressive? And I'm like, I'm not aggressive. I'm authoritative. There's a difference. And so when people come to me and when I, I had to quit coaching because I would give assignments and they'd come back the next week. And, you know, at first you're going to get an Ika. Then you're going to get that Gemini like the next week when you're not doing anything. And then you're asking me why you don't have results. So I was like, okay, maybe coaching's not for me. <laughs> maybe I need to write down or do courses. But you, you're right when you say that it has to be part. And that's why I keep asking the question about identity and the fact that we are our brand because people are constantly trying to create a product with their brand. Like they're, they're, they're disassociating their brand from them. And that's not what I'm trying to get at. I'm trying to get people to understand that you are your brand, what you are giving, your personality. Because when I tell everybody, you need to pick a coach or a consultant just like I teach people to pick therapists. Just because they have the degree does not mean they're for you. Just because, you know, you like shoes, Nikes, Adidas, Air Force, not Air Force Ones, um, New Balance, they all fit differently. And if you have a wide foot, you're going to need to go with the one that has wide brands. It's the same thing with picking a coach, picking a consultant, picking a therapist. These are people that are there to serve you. You have to pick, pick them according to personality. And that's why I like to bring out that you're a veteran. I like to bring out that she, you know, that Melody's been doing this 30 years. She's worked in marketing firms in addition to now having a business. It makes a big difference because when you're talking about perspective, it it's different if you have somebody that's trying to teach you something that you don't want to learn that's not for you because it's not going to work. So let's go to the next question of how do you determine your ideal avatar? I remember the first time somebody was like, who's your avatar? I'm like, what you mean, that blue man in the movie? What? what wait, what? And they're like, no, who's your avatar? I'm like, I don't get it. What? What are you saying? But yes, yeah, so now I get it. And I'm going to go to each co because I want each co to tell us who her avatar is because she said it in her introduction I want you to tell everybody who you serve and tell us how you came about figuring out because you were so definitive and that's what we need I'm like I want to serve women and they're like wait Anika like that's like a couple of billion people what do you mean and I'm like women you know just women because I'm trying to be inclusive because our whole lives, we don't fit a loophole. I am so sick of, you know, asking for help. And they're like, oh, well, because of this, you can't get this. Because of this, you can't get this. And so with my business, that has been 
projecting, Ruthie, into me not wanting to shut anybody out that I can help. And so for me, it's really, really hard to narrow because I want my services to help anybody that wants to be better. Um, and so even now going from when met women and men, I started off with women, but now I have a lot of men in my network, you know? And so it's like, okay, I don't want to close the door on anybody, but let's go to Ichko and tell us who is your avatar? Who's your ideal audience? And how did you come about figuring out exactly who you wanted to serve? Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. So before I actually talk about that, oh my gosh, you guys are all amazing. I'm not a marketer, so like I have no idea, like kind of do know what I know, um, but I learned so much from you all. Um, there are things are kind of like questionable things are there too. Of course, I'm just still like kind of in a place of learning, uh, but uh, I'd love to also connect with you all in eventually and after this. So uh, I've been a coach like over a year and a half right now. Yes, I have struggled actually struggle with uh, like finding my niche because like I don't even like I didn't even know how to even define right. So that was to me very hard. Like I, I, I mean, like I like to just say like I'm a life coach. I can help with anybody. You have a problem. I can help you. You know, that was me. Like, what are you struggling? I can help you. But like, um, I have a business coach who always helped me like tell me, well, if you go everywhere, you go nowhere. So that really hits me and I really have to define. So how did I define it? Basically, I literally have to think about my life in the last maybe three to five years, like where I, where was I and who am I as a, a person, right? So I'm an immigrant, I'm an Asian, so I'm also a millennial. So that's how I define myself. Uh, that's why, you know, I mean, again, it was also a long journey to figure that out too. But also like another thing I would say this is, it's also hard to like owning your like, oh, this is who I help. You know, it's like, you know, owning yourself worth owning who you help. It was another like uh, challenge for me to overcome. But, you know, when you have a coach who can help you, so it's just amazing. You can overcome anything really. Um, uh, with that said, uh, so yeah, I help now Asians, immigrants and millennials to help them to really unleash their full potential and really shifting their mindset from the scarcity to a abundance mindset. And for me, like I mentioned earlier, like I was in a place like feeling like literally like a, living in the victimhood, you know, I'm very transparent and open about talking about it. Like I have no attachment at all, but like, I think now, and I see that a lot of us kind of like, um, victim to our circumstances, right? Which is pandemic. So what I really truly wanna help is I wanna help with people to really shifting their mindset from the scarcity to abundance mindset. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, there are so many things have has happened in the past in uh, depression in 2008 and right. And there are a lot of things happened in the past, but people literally overcome that. So right now, if you can actually get over this pandemic, you can actually overcome anything. So how do you really look at things differently? You know, so that's to me what I do. Um, that's how I also define myself, my avatar. Thank you. Anybody want to comment? So when it comes to your ideal client, your ideal client avatar, a lot of exercises that I was even put through were that 
who does she look like? Where does she live? What does she wear? What does she read? And I'm like, I don't care about Morgan who lives in West Virginia and likes boho chic clothing. That, 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 that really doesn't matter. And so when, when I evolved, I, I asked myself, who can I, who do I want to serve right now? And who am I confident that I can serve effectively because confidence is so key in your brand, in your business, in your marketing. Maybe you're so freaking good at really creating, you know, feed posts on Instagram, but you're not so great on live video. So then you're not going to say, Hey, I can help you with everything on Instagram. I can help you with your Instagram feed. You can get really specific. And as you grow and as you educate your clients and as you educate yourself, you get to expand even more and let that ideal client evolve. You know, I can help a lot of people market their businesses on social media, but I have chosen service-based businesses because as a service provider, that's who I just feel aligned with. Um, I, I don't feel as aligned with people who are primarily product-based or people in network marketing um, or people who are just bloggers who just want to get bigger platforms and like the, I you, you gotta for me it's you have to have a service involved and it has to have you know you and be you based and be you based as that expert and as somebody who comes to this with this mindset of I know more than you and I can help you you know get to where I am to get on my level I use the metaphor of a staircase you're at the top of the stairs your ideal clients down at the bottom and it's your mission to bring people up to your level because as you go up to as you bring them up you get to continue up your own staircase and when you're able to do that and do that effectively that's where it comes so easy to show up and market and have somebody look at you and say i want to be just like her and i'm going to learn from her to figure out exactly what i need to do to get there as quickly as possible um i want to speak to that um catherine what i really want to speak to is the whole you're the top of staircase and bottom what I find it's slightly different, but it's the same thing, is that sometimes your ideal clients may be further ahead, and the only thing they need is that shift you have. So like, um, you're great with Instagram, you're great with social media. So let's say someone is already hitting maybe 10 million without being on social media. At that point, yes, they're at the bottom of the staircase, but they're not really at the bottom. They're already somewhere. And what they need is, you know, that place that's the weakness for them, they want you to bring in your strengths. My, my first ever international client was at eight figures, and I hadn't even had a 1K month, but she was not on social media. So she was at eight figures, you know, locally and with people, but on social media, she was not. So what, what I'm trying to say is so that someone doesn't think like, okay, so that means I have to look for people who are really far behind and try to bring them up. Sometimes it's just like where you are right now, you're the expert at that point, and they're not there yet, but they may be further ahead of you income-wise, health-wise, whatever-wise, but in that space where you're the expert, they're not there yet. So when I, when I teach, so th this has been hard for me this year, I'll be real honest, because I was a locally based teaching local, coaching local, happy in my little Alabama neck of the woods, right? And so I, 
I was having more and more people respond to when I teach and coach. But again, I was like, well, I'm not driving very far. <laughs> just This is as far as I'm going to go. And then COVID hit. And all of a sudden, Zoom became my new best friend. And I, you know, I had actually talked to a, a national coach like a few months back just on one of those free calls. And he was like, well, I'll get you on the online coaching. I'm like, no, I want to be in the room with people. I want to help people. I can't feel that, you know, on Zoom. And so when all this hit and I was teaching with the nonprofit and they said, well, are you familiar with Zoom? We need you to start teaching those classes to all these not, you know, these startups on Zoom. I'm like, I guess I'll get real familiar really fast. And before I knew it, I was saying to my own clients, I'm like, I know we're all here in town, but we're not going anywhere. So let's try this too. And now my whole world opened up. So, you know, whereas my avatar was, was the certain kind of business, you know, retail based, usually business to consumer, it was still local. And so like you were talking about your mission stating, you know, evolving Lola. So my, my avatar evolved all of a sudden now it's like, I want to take care of everybody, but I have to do what I teach my clients and I what whoever I can't take care of in my business or I feel like I'm not a good fit for, or I can't help as well. Like you said, with confidence, then that's when I do my donation of my time. That's when I do my volunteering with SBA people. Cause we've helped people in Hawaii, Afghanistan, Alaska with startup businesses. They're not going to pay me money and that's okay. I get to fulfill my purpose and help them. But now, like you said, with, you know, evolving my mission, now it's like I can do Zoom and I can do things like this and help people again in my niche, but it's still been evolving. I mean, I, I want to help everybody and we all do, but you're right. You spend a lot less marketing dollars and a lot less energy when you find the people you can help with confidence, like Catherine said, the best. And that to me are the business to consumer clients who want that main street appeal locally, but need to still use tools and things online as well. So um, I, I think you're all aces and I totally agree with everything you said. <laughs> um. I wanted to zoom back out a little bit in terms of how you determine the ideal avatar. Um, so Catherine touched on it the way I normally say it is, you know, you talk about demographics, everybody talks about demographics, right? And that's what Catherine was talking about, right? Like the, the clothing and what her favorite color and Morgan, whatever, you know, go back to West Virginia, Morgan. Um, but it's not the demographics you need to be worried about. It's the psychographics, right? The behavior patterns, the intrinsic traits, right? So so um, if somebody has decided, and this happens, so we've also we've talked about pitching, right, and DMs, right? So somebody has decided that their ideal client is a millennial mom with more than two kids, that's me, um, you know, and those kids are under the age of 10, also me. And they're like, that's my, that's my ideal client. And, and, you know, maybe they're struggling right now with COVID because their kids are all in their face. I say that all the time. Like I didn't, like I have children and I think the irony is that I did not sign on to have them in my face this much. Like <laughs> I think that's maybe the real irony. But then, you know, these people, these, you know, other women coaches slide into my DMs like, oh, and you know, I actually have this coaching program, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, did your target market also include marketing consultants? Cause that's me. And I can see through your pitch. Like it's just brand new glass. All right. Like, so I don't know, like, so it's, it's the, it's the psychographics that really make for our best clients. So once you get past that surface level demographic stuff, like, I mean, cause it is important to a point, um, but you don't want to exclude people based on demographics. It, it, the psychographics is what really helps. So like for me, I love people. I love to work with clients who are like, yes, I have a story. I have a message. If you can help me build my stage, if you can help me build my theater, then I will get on it and I will shout my story to the world. 
those are, that's a psychographic trait of my ideal client. Now, people who may not be ready are people who feel like they have that, but they're not ready to get on the stage. If I was to give them that stage tomorrow, they wouldn't be ready to step on it. They're not my ideal client yet. And because we brought up Harry Potter in the chat, I just want to use Harry Potter because your ideal avatar is like your spouse. All right. Like my husband and I will be married nine years this year, but my grandparents have been married for 59 years. How? well do they know each other right and i feel like i know my husband so much better now than after year one so you're always getting to know your ideal avatar better and the reason why harry potter comes up with this is because i grew up with harry potter like i grew up with harry potter like i was in fifth grade when i read the first book and i was like there's no owl with my letter guys there's no owl like because i was the right age <laughs> it was devastating but the author who you know is in hot water for different reasons but when you look at the story we could have aged out from harry potter if the stories hadn't matured with the audience so when i i was in the army when the last book came out and they had me so good i was crying like crying from this series that i started reading in 5th grade so when you know your audience that well, that is the type of emotion that you can evoke. And to the point of, hey, you know what, if I wanna build to like a corporate brand where there's other people on my team, that's fine. But if you're at the level now where your business is new, it needs you to prop it up. Otherwise it's just a little infant baby and little infant babies can't do anything, right? Like we take care of them and that's your brand. So your brand right now has to be you if that's the stage that you're at. And depending on your business model, your brand may always be you, at least in part, right? But, but you're always getting to know your ideal avatar better. It, it is that type of emotion where you learn their love language, right? Like Jasmine was saying with her husband in the cleaning, you learn the love language of your audience. And if you've ever learned a second language, I have a few, right? Uh, there is always something else to learn because you feel like you're never going to know it. I mean, maybe you will, like if you live in the other country, but for the most part, you're never going to know it as well as you know your first language. So there's always something to learn. And that's probably the most important thing. You don't do an avatar worksheet and then you put it away and never look at it again. That is like your first mistake. Your audience will outgrow you. They'll move beyond you because you never treated them like the nuanced human being that they actually are. We're not going to talk about the worksheets that I have in this file cabinet or anywhere up in this office. So I need you to stop calling me out. Thank you very much. That's all I'm going to say about that. So, you know, because you get the, the, the sponsored things and it's like worksheets. And that is, I love stationery. I love worksheets. I love workbooks. That's how you get me if you use that word. And I'm like, oh, a journal. I have 15 journals with nothing in them. And then every time I get a new project, I'm like, I need a clean journal. I can't do one that one's already written in. It's not... It's going to tank the idea. So y'all are laughing because you know I'm right. See, and, and my husband is Mr. Over there. He's got like, everything is digital. And I was, since we started this, I was like, why do I keep trying to force myself to be digital when it doesn't work for me? I am emotional. I need the pen and the paper, my stuff. I literally have bulletin board paper because I do brain mapping. I got to do the mind mapping, you know? And so, you know, and, and that just goes to show that, you know, we, we evolve, but we have to stop forcing ourselves to do what the market and everybody else says that we need to do. And we need to stick to what works for us because as Jasmine said earlier, I've lost weeks 
trying to do a new website on a new something and, and, and do a widget and all that stuff. When I know how to do it and what I'm trying to do, but I, I, I go off on these things. Of course, we learn from it, but we lose precious hours and time. But I, I also, I love what you guys are saying because a lot of people are struggling with what we're talking about, even from being product-based, service-based, you know, and even being service-based, but then, you know, being able to incorporate products and, and worksheets, workbooks. I've created a, 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 a learning academy because as Melody said, like I kept, I kept struggling because I knew that I was an educator. Well, actually, no, I didn't really know that, but it, it came about because I like to teach. I like to teach people and I like to see the growth process. I like to see the aha moments when it's like you give them the solution to a problem and they're able to work through it and then you can, you know, span it out. And so as I've been doing virtual summits and doing things and doing even panels, people are able to take notes. It's interactive. They're able to hear different perspectives. Um, Catherine said something a minute ago that literally was the aha moment for me for building an avatar. I struggle because, and Ichko said something too. She said, within the last five years. My struggle is that I was a single mom for the first 10 years of my life. So, you know, from being a correction officer, graduating from college, I was a single mom with two children. Then I didn't get married till 32. So then I got married and then I got divorced and then I was chronically ill, paralyzed, you know, dealing with chronic illness for the last 20 years and then marrying a military man. So like my story, I could literally talk about different seasons. So when I'm thinking about helping women and I'm trying to think of that woman, it's like, which woman? Because I feel like in my life, I have been so many different women. And I know so many women that are struggling in every season that I have graduated from. And it's like, I want to help her get through that because it doesn't have to last that long. You see women who are married legally that have not moved on for 10, 15 plus years. And it's like, no, I could help you. I could help you seriously move on with your life. I could help you start a business. I could help you. And, and that's where a lot of women struggle because even when we're trying to narrow down who we can help or who we want to help or who we can talk to. Ruthie also said something that is extremely important. I think Catherine, Lola, Jazz, I think all y'all said it. We also have to determine what phase they're in. Because when I first started life coaching, I was getting clients that said they wanted help. And I was like, but they don't. And, you know, I, I felt like I was right back at the treatment center of people coming in detox, but not wanting to be in treatment. And you got to convince them every day of why they need to be there. I was exhausted. I was like, hold up, change my job title because I'm like convincer, not therapist. I was like, oh, my gosh, like when you're ready, come talk to me. I you know where I'm at. And I think, you know, we really have to be specific about that. And that's something I've learned the hard way is that, you know, clients and I was saying earlier, Jasmine, that, you know, you get the clients that want to hire you for what they think they need you for. And it's like, but no, I can't fix this because if I touch it, it's just creating more chaos. Like you want me to contribute to something and that's not, I'm a problem solver, not a problem curator. This is a problem, but you have a lot of people that they don't want to hear it and they're not ready. And I have just recently got comfortable with saying, I can't help you or I'm not going to. Can I talk to that for a second? Yes, ma'am. You go right ahead. My business did not expand and blow up until I said no to a client. I'm getting... I hit that moment where I turned a corner. I was like, this is way more energy than I don't even know what I'm doing. And as soon as I said no to them, three more clients showed up and I had the time for them and I made the money I should have been making for the five months I spent with that client. And so many women are like me taking three years to get there. It's like, I finally am able to say no, you know, and even when I get on the podcast with people, everybody's like, who do you want? And I'm like, oh, anybody. 
And then the energy hits me and it's like kryptonite. And I'm like, Egh! and I'm like, okay, now I got to figure out what type of person that is. And that's when my psychology kicks in. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's that personality. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Can't do that one because it, it, we really have to be, you know, protective of our intellectual capabilities, of our gifts, of our skills. And that's a confidence thing. And I think that's why I always go back to leadership because we we have different levels of confidence. My husband, he's like, you do what you do effortlessly. I'm like, you don't see the bubbles up under my skin? Like there are bubbles down here, up here, they rise, they get right here. Every time I do a podcast, every time I do a summit, it doesn't matter. But people think that we don't have those fears and we don't have those insecurities and we don't have them. Every time we get a new client, every time we have a discovery call, people do not see that. But we love what we do and we have that passion. But going back to what I was trying to say is that they don't understand that we do want to help, but our confidence, especially as a startup, we're scared to say no. We're scared to say, you know, I can't or I won't or I don't know how because it's just like, you know, what if I ruin it? What if I lose everything? No, when you're working a job, you don't have the fear that you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're not going to have a job because you don't even know what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know that there's no funding. You don't know that the, the, the cuts are coming. You don't know. As an entrepreneur, every move we make, our dream is attached. Every, all the work is attached. I've just learned how to say no. Of course, I teach people boundaries all day long and I teach other people to say no. Of course. I tell everybody I am not a good client. You do not want me. I am a great teacher. I can tell you how to do it, and I'm horrible at doing it. But the dentist with cavities. <laughs> but absolutely true. We our confidence as professionals, as moms, as wives, as sisters, as daughters is completely different than as entrepreneurs. And we may have confidence in certain areas of our lives, but it doesn't manifest in our businesses. And it takes us so many more years for us to really, really act and speak on that. And that's why I want you, let's let's get on authenticity because I think even as an authoritative figure, Ruthie, with me, like I'm a no crap chick. But when it comes to my business, I am that two-year-old little girl that's been traumatized. Like, you know, cause I'm like, whatever you want, whatever you like, sure. And then I'm sitting at the desk like exhausted because I just entailed and encountered that I knew better. My intuition told me not to do it. Everything told me not to do it. And I did it anyway. That's why I teach on intuition. Cause I'm doing the things and I, I justify by saying, oh, it gives me content. Lies, lies, and more lies. It is not content that is stress that is pain <laughs> that is unnecessary crap but I want you guys to talk about you know confidence authenticity and how to really build that confidence to be able to say no and to be able to to feel like an authority and I love that Catherine said that because she said she teaches people to be an authority I struggle with that oh my gosh I wish I could turn my camera around I have on my whiteboard behind this I am an authority because I had to tell myself while I was creating my course the other day because I kept doubting what I was doing and I kept doubting, you know, my next project that I'm pushing out. And I had to write it right there so I can see it at all times. I am an authority because it is important for us to believe it. We have to believe it. And so many people struggle in building their business, in building their brand. Even with business five, 10 years, they're rebranding because they're growing. They're like, hey, that's not even me anymore. And I, I think it's important. I just wrote evolution because that was the last thing Lola said. It's important 
that we evolve. You cannot just pick one business plan, one mission statement, one goal statement, one type of client, because you're going to outgrow that client. You're going to outgrow that business model. You're going to outgrow the places that you are, the relationships that you have, and the people that you serve. We have to evolve. So I want you guys to talk about the importance of identity, evolution, authenticity, all of that. Who wants to go first? Because I'm going to get off my tangent. Let's go, Catherine. Go ahead. So um, so you, you mentioned that what you had on, um, posted above, above your computer, I have on the wall next to my desk, I have, um, uh, post-it notes that says, I am a creative effing genius, um, which is something that I learned with my own coach because I had been feeling really insecure about, you know, getting my first client and getting my first four figure client. Um, and, and so we had this like really in-depth conversation and she asked me, she said, Catherine, what are you good at? And I'm like, I'm a creative effing genius. I use the, the full F word, but I figure we keep it PG 13 for the podcast. Um, and I, I got my a new client the next day and it, it, it was just stepping into who I am and who I truly am and, and, and understanding that I am so good at what I know. And I just, my, my job is to tell people that and to show people that. And, and somebody said a little while ago about, you know, getting out of your comfort zone, this might've been in the chat. Um, but I just pitched to a potential client yesterday, um, a woman I have known for, for many years. And we had a very long conversation based on what I can do to help her and her organization. And I still got nervous about, um, sending that pitch, but I'm like, no, Catherine, you know that this is right for you. It's, it's, you know, yes, it might be weird because you've known this person your entire life that you're asking them to, to pay you, but it's the organization that's paying you, not her specifically. Um, and it's, it's really just, you know, allowing yourself to be you. Look, I'm sitting here. I haven't worn makeup since March. I'm wearing yoga pants and a t-shirt and, and this is just who I am. I'm not going to, you know, get all dressed up to, to go and, and go on video or do a live video. I do live videos every single day and I rarely wear makeup doing them. Um, most there, there are days where I have not brushed my hair. It's in a ponytail, so it doesn't look that ridiculous, but it's, it's so important to, to understand that you don't have to be that polished, perfect, high def, whatever. Um, like I love makeup, don't get me wrong, but I hate taking it off. So if I don't have to take it off, I'm not going to put it on. Um, and, and just let yourself, let your message resonate more than anything else. It, you know, let, let that be what brings your ideal client, what brings your people into your world and everything else will work itself out. I wanted to actually follow up on something, and I'm sorry, I don't know who said it, was talking about vulnerability, but was it you, Ruthie? So one of the things that in, that's big in advocacy spaces is a conversation around fragility versus um, vulnerability. Because it, people think that if you're showing up weak or are you showing up where you don't know everything, or are you showing up where you, you know you're just you're learning or a little scared or a little nervous or whatever it is, you don't have your makeup, um, that you're fragile. You're showing up fragile. And fragile is something that breaks really easy. But if you show up that way and you're vulnerable, vulnerable means that you're open to change and learning and growth. And that is where your business goes to the next level. And that is where you connect with people at that next level. So making sure that it's not something that breaks you and stops you and growing in your business, but is actually just you being vulnerable and learning and moving forward. And that's something that I don't think has come into the business language yet, but it's very big in the advocacy spaces. 
And I want to add something as well with the Catherine said. Um, I think, you know, so you talk about makeup, right? Not putting on makeup. So I think that's you, authentic you, who you are. You know, I think that's you and you, you represent yourself as just being authentic. This is me. This is who I am. Like, you don't have to put on makeup. I love that. I mean, for me, when I put on, like when I go live, I love to put on makeup or otherwise I would put the filter on it, make sure I look good. You know what I mean? It's just a game I do play often. Um, but you know, I like doing it anyway, but sometimes not, not always like I want to be just, I just want to show myself just me. I don't care like what other people are going to think about me, you know? So that's what I also said as well too. Like, I just want to be me. Cause like, I feel like sometimes every time, every day uh, I put on makeup, I feel like if I don't put on makeup, then I feel like I'm not confident, you know? So like, I'm actually like getting comfortable with the both, like put the makeup without the makeup, because even like, when I put on the makeup, like I even talk so differently than how, how I talk right now. It's so weird. Uh, but like, what is my authentic me, right? So I think that's very important. Like you get to show your authentic yourself. And also I want to add another thing about Annika said, um, you talk about um, getting a new clients or doing something new. It's like, it scares you, right? I think, or going to another level. I think I heard this uh, often, like um, um, every level is next, uh, every level is every devil or something like that. I, I don't know if you guys have heard. So basically, like whatever you do, that is scarcity. It's all, the next level always gonna be like it's gonna be devil. So of course it's gonna scarcity. Of course it's gonna be uncomfortable. So uh, for me as a coach, like I have also like overcome so much things. Like right now as a mindset coach, what I do is really how can I deal with things when things comes to my life? You know. Do, am I supposed to be scared? Am I supposed to be overwhelmed? You know, how do I deal with that? I think that's very important, right? So, I mean, bottom line, we are human. Like, of course, we're going to be scared. Of course, we're going to be overwhelmed. Of course, uh, we're going to be frustrated. So we're going to experience everything and anything because life is already 50-50. So like, whether you like it or not, you're going to be have feeling like a failure or feel like excited and you're going to experience everything. But the the bottom line is like how are you going to deal with that right that's very important yeah that's what i want to add on thank you and in terms of the identity as an entrepreneur that was something i wanted to touch on right because sometimes i see it like on facebook groups or comments or whatever that somebody's like a baby entrepreneur or something right like your business is new and you know what do you do or whatever but i mean and i'm i'm looking at the people right like on this call with this vast array of experiences and knowledge and you know i don't know all of your stories intimately but i can speak to my own and my clients are not paying me for the fact that, you know, oh, okay, Ruthie's business is like three years old or whatever. They're not, they're not paying me for that. They're paying me, okay, Ruthie's got the marketing knowledge, but you know what else Ruthie does? Ruthie was a government intelligence analyst who managed operations and intelligence ops for life-saving and support missions. Like, Ruthie's been mortared. Like, people shot at me, all right? I've got four kids. I'm a veteran. You know, I, you know, as a child, I'm a child from, from mixed parents. I've had that trial in my life. You know, like I am the, like I bring all of those experiences to bear. I am a creative. I am a creative, but being a military intelligence analyst for nearly 10 years, 
showed me how to be analytical. It showed me how to identify the gaps. So if my clients want to just pay me for the three years that I've been in marketing, that's cool, but you're not going to get all that other great stuff. And so for anybody who's like, oh, I'm like the baby entrepreneur. Okay, but what about everything else? What about everything else? What about the serious level of empathy that you must have? You know, if, if you've worked in that advocacy space and, and you're seeing people at their lowest of lows and you're helping them recover, what about that empathy there? How many years did it take for you to build that up and to be empathetic without miring yourself down into it, right? So you can handle my problems without getting down and playing in the mud with me, right? Because that's what I need. I don't need another person to come play in this mud, right? right? That's not what we need, whatever it is, right? Like, so I don't need you to be in it with me. And, and that takes years, right? Because you have to have a tolerance for it and, and to develop those skills. So, so anybody, business, it doesn't matter what it is, you are bringing everything about you to that. And if, you're, if, you're, if people are only interested in paying you for the few years that you've been in business, fine, I guess they can go find somebody else who, who wants that, then they are not your ideal client. That psychographic, that's the red flag for you right there. But that's the big thing. Ba no baby entrepreneurs. You are a full grown person with a full, awesome business venture. That was so powerful. <laughs> I wanted to say something, but that was so powerful, really. I loved it. Um, I wanted to say something to Anika when you were talking about you want to help so many people. So when I first started working internationally, one person I met in the US, an amazing lady, she hosts networking events. And so she always invited me to her networking events. So I was always going to networking events on Zoom. And she's also like multi-passionate. So she has so many passions. And what, what I told her was, instead of thinking of like, oh, I can do this, I can do this, because most of us have so many passions and so many things we could do. Instead, why don't you think of what is the key problem I want to solve? That removes the problem of niching down from all the passionate people because what's the key problem I want to solve? Um, I want, because I, I consider myself a multi-passionate. So because of that, I say I want to solve a messaging problem. So you can be a man coming in. I prefer to work with coaches, service-based entrepreneurs, but if I have someone come from the product space, I'm going to work with you because I know the core stuff. So I think if you're thinking, oh, niching down, I really don't know how to niche down. Then just think about it. What is the core problem I want to solve? And then have a defining statement. So a defining statement is a core problem I solve and a core strategy I use. So for example, my core problem is I help people get client messaging, get clients with their content. But my, my defining statement is I show you how to get pre-stored clients on your calendar. So people that come to your calendar, they already want to buy. That's a defining statement. It's something, it's not a I help, I help statement but it's something based on my own strategy that I can't copy from someone else and no one can copy from me because it's based on my strategy. So first think deep down, what is the main problem I want to solve for all these women, the ones who are single, the ones who are, you know, who are divorced, the ones who are married, the ones who are not sure what they want to do, what's the problem? And then the second thing I, I find really strong is I don't work with people who are not actively doing something to move forward in their, in their life. My ideal client is someone who is on an active journey to improve their life. If, I'm a, if I was a health coach, I'll be talking to someone who has already tried a diet. So not someone who has never, because most people who 
just think I need help, but they really don't need help. They're really not going to do the work. They're really not going to do anything. They just want someone to babysit them so they feel like they're moving. I don't like working with people like that. So deliberately, I always say people who are already trying to change their life. They're already trying stuff. They're already doing stuff. Maybe they're like, um, I think it was Catherine DeSedic or Jasmine, I can't remember. But maybe they're like facing the wrong wall. Maybe they're doing the wrong strategy. But they're doing something. They're not just sitting down waiting for me to help them. They're not waiting for anyone to help them. They're doing something with their life already. You know, what's funny is that my problem started from other people, not from me. I started, I've always known that I was a connector. I am a resource. I am a problem solver. I like, you know, as a case manager for so long, I can put pieces together. So I created the Infinite Resource Network. It's a directory for people to be able to find coaches, consultants, therapists, realtors, everything in the self-employment space. Because 211 failed me more than once. And you have people that don't have access to resources. They want help, but they don't have access. So I created a network. And over the time of me building my business, everybody's like, Anika, you need a coaching program. You are an excellent speaker. You're an excellent coach. And I'm like, but I don't want to. <laughs> and so everybody's asking me. And they're like, Anika, can you coach me? Can you coach me? Can you coach me? And I'm like, I quit coaching. And so now it's almost like there's a demand. And, and every time I talk to somebody, they're asking for it. So now it's left me dwindling like, Okay, so what do I do? So I've been putting courses together because I really don't want to coach. And if I do coach, it needs to be somebody that is willing to commit. I have found that I don't want to work with the people that I previously built my business around working with. I want to work with somebody that is ready to level up. I mean, I'm talking somebody who either wants to go back to school. I'm getting my PhD. I don't have time for people that want to talk themselves out of opportunity. I want people that are willing to do the work. And if they're willing to do the work, they'll pull me to coaching. But right now, it's got to be somebody that's serious. And I think for me to be able to say that without getting emotional and saying it how I want to say it, I've been trying to find that grace because you guys are helping me say it in nicer ways. Y'all are saying it in ways that my brain has not said it. My brain has been saying it in other ways. So, <laughs> so you guys make it sound so professional, but yeah, so that's been my struggle is because, um, which one was it Jasmine or Catherine? One of y'all said, what, how do people see you? Or was it Melody? You said, how do people see you? And then how do you see yourself? And the reason I even started my business is because people saw me as a solution. When I was a case manager, when I was a therapist, when I worked in the prison, I was always accused of messing with the inmates or talking to the inmates because they came to me. You know, the clients at the treatment center, they didn't build rapports with others. They came to me. When I work for child services, people would come to me. They would disclose information to me that they would not tell anybody else. And I knew then that I was special, that I had a gift. I knew that people trusted me. But what the struggle has been all these years is what do I do with it? You know, people, people really trust me. They, they, they come to me. They ask me. They, they, they want to tell me. They, they, they feel free. You know, I make people feel free. And so I went into psychology thinking, okay, I need to be a therapist. And I was like, I'm not doing it. I don't agree with the ethics and, and all the things, that, the limitations that are placed on all these jobs that I've had my whole life. You know, when I work for child services, they're like, hey, we got a case for domestic violence, but close your eyes to the drugs and the sexual assault. You know, close your eyes to all the other stuff only go in there and deal with this in my whole career I knew the minute that I stopped working for the, the government or any of these places that I was going to help people with no limits 
That's been my goal in my business because you have people that come to you that think that they need something and it's not what they need. There is a bigger, easier solution to their problems and they don't even know what it is. And so for me, my struggle has been, what is the title for that? And it just goes to show that even in your business, like you may do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this. It takes us time, even when we get jobs, you know, or in college, we think we have a major. We're like, oh, I'm a major in this. And then a year later, you're like, yeah, no, I don't like this. Um, no. <laughs> so we evolve too. And I think in business, it's hard for us. And I think a lot of, of marketers and depending on who you're working with, they will, they will tell you to narrow. And, and, and there are different people that are multi-passionate that need to be having their hands in a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this that own multiple different businesses because you're just gifted in different areas or you don't fit into one box. And that is okay. And that's why I tell everybody, don't find one person and hire them. Don't find a business coach that's going to mold you to their program. Their program needs to mold to your needs. It needs to fit your needs. And for me, I think I'm still dibbling and dabbling on exactly how to convey that because there's so many people like me who are just kind of like, you know, I can't pick just one. You know, I can't just say I just want to advocate. I can't just say I just want to educate. Now I have so much business knowledge, more than even working in the the psychology realm, I've been doing business now without working in that field. And I've tried to get jobs now as a psychologist. And they're like, no, because now you're in business. And I'm like, but wait, I did that for 20 years. Like, you can't tell me that that's not good. But I'm an excellent strategist, because everybody else is looking at things. And I'm looking at the psychology of it. I'm looking at the psychographics. And so when Ruthie was saying that, I was like, girl, I've been doing that. Now I use emotional intelligence in, in what I do. So anytime I, I do strategy sessions with someone, you know, I literally break it down to what they're not seeing because everybody thinks that emotions aren't tied and they're directly tied. Because if you can't use your empathy and your emotions and your awareness, if you're not aware, you're going to fail. Because everybody's so busy being just, you know, tunnel vision, just focused on what they think they need or what they think somebody wants. No, you got to have all these other components to be a good business owner, a good service oriented person and to be successful and to have longevity. So I just want to thank you guys for being here because this has been awesome. And like I said in the chat, we're going to have to turn this into a summit. I'm going to have to put a summit together, bring you guys back. We're going to put it in order. We're going to have interactive workshops just like I did last year. So I want to um, give each of you guys an opportunity to give last words of advice to each of our listeners, viewers, starting with Ruthie. Go. Okay. So um, big thing. Uh, when you show up authentically, your marketing isn't hard anymore. When you show up as yourself, my audience is used to seeing me like this. My audience, my earrings are probably a key feature, but my audience is also used to when I've got my crazy mom hair. Sometimes I'm wearing lipstick, sometimes I'm not, but they know that even if I show up and I'm like, guys, I am just not here for it today, but I'm here for you. Or I show up like I am right now where I just feel the energy and I'm just taking in the energy from you guys and I'm able to give it back. My audience is just, they just want me to show up now because they know no matter how I show up, I'm giving them my 100% in that very moment. When you show up authentically, you have the freedom to do that. You will find people who are attracted to you and those will be 
your very best audience. They will turn into brand evangelists because they trust you and they feel like they know the real you. And especially now that we're so virtual, that's really the best that any of us can ask for. Authenticity is showing up with you being comfortable with yourself. And that is something you're going to work on probably for the rest of your life. So one thing that I shared earlier is that consistency is the cornerstone of my business and consistency is also the cornerstone to your success. And it doesn't have to be full on showing up, you know, every single day, 365 of the year. But if you can find one place on social media that you can show up and market yourself every single day, you will grow exponentially. I, I gave myself a little challenge at the beginning of 2020 to show up with a video in Instagram stories every single day. And I have not missed a day. Sometimes it is late at night and I don't have my contacts in and I can barely see the screen in front of me because I'm basically blind. Um, but I've done it and I've just got given a little 60 second quick little video. Sometimes it's based on my content. Sometimes it's an anecdote. Sometimes it's based on something that I saw earlier that day that I wanted to, to point my audience's attention to. But if you can find one place on social media that you're showing up every single day and that your audience knows you're showing up regularly, they're going to start expecting that they're going to start waiting and they're going to be ready for you so that you can then give them the opportunity to move forward and take those next steps with you. And it just makes it so easy exactly to train them to do exactly what you want them to do. You, you have that power to tell your ideal client, this is how you get to take your next step. And the ones that are ready to take that next step are absolutely going to do it with you. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so what I like to just share with you all is, um, well, mindset is really everything, you know, like whatever you want in your life. I think if you have the right mindset to get what you wanted, I think you can get anything you wanted. So don't limit yourself just because you are, you know, you are living in the city or you have this job, you know, it doesn't really matter. Like as long as you have the right mindset, you can have everything you want in your life. So I just want to tell you that all. And yeah, if you want uh, mindset coaching, I'm always here for you. Thank you. That's right. Attitude is everything, right? Yep. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, this, this has been so energizing. I hate for it to end, but I know we all have, it sounds like kids and dogs and cats and things to take care of. So I, I appreciate Anika having us all today. This has been amazing. It's like therapy slash podcast. Um, the one thing that I, I try to, you know, what, the reason why I started my group, my mastermind group, because I was doing consulting for people and doing their social media and doing their marketing for them. And I started my mastermind group and my coaching three years ago under my business umbrella because I just wanted people not to feel like they weren't accomplishing anything. They were learning, but they weren't accomplishing anything. So I, my challenge to you, and this is something my mother preached to me, and she was a school teacher, write it down. Write down the three things you want to achieve this month, this year. Don't wait for January 1, 2021. We can do so much. There's been so many people having amazing business growth this year. It blows my freaking mind. So write down three things you want to accomplish in your marketing this month. And you can email it to me and I'll say, I'll check with you December 1 and say, how's that going? <laughs> because I want you to achieve what you want. I don't want you to just learn how to do it. I don't want you to just find out how, what's awesome and what's not. I want you to do something. 
So write it down and I promise you, your brain doesn't know fact from fiction and it will start helping you to get that done and grow your business today, not next year, today. Okay, so talk to your clients in your post, in your messaging, in everything. That's, that's the most, talk to them and share yourself. Don't copy anyone. Don't try to be like anyone. You can be all, you can be the best version of yourself. So every single day, keep evolving to be the better version of you, not anyone else. Um, Anika said the other time, your coaching program, your coach shouldn't be trying to make you a mini version of them. They should be helping you amplify your own magic, amplify your own self so that you can be truly magnetic. Your brand can only be that magnetic if it is true to you. So this whole thing, the key is be you, be authentic, and show up like the show up as you. Never lose sight of that. Thank you, Anika. Thanks for putting this together. So amazing. I've never seen anything like this. This is awesome. I just want to add, especially when people are looking at using so much social media and their marketing to not, to not think that being busy is being productive and to be clear about the time you're on social media and how <laughs> low your face and how you are not just showing up in an authentic way, but also around how you're utilizing that time because it is a time suck. It is an energy suck. Um, we could be there all day. We're not going to solve the world's problems. You're not going to do everything you want to do on a Facebook chat or in a Facebook group. You're going to start there and you're going to move them out of it and getting sucked into the chaos and the swirl on whatever channel that you are focusing on, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, Twitter is a complete 30-second goldfish spin around time suck. Don't do it. Um, or LinkedIn. Make sure that you really define the time you're going to do there and how you're using your time and how you're showing up in that form as well, because busy is not mean productive. I want to thank each one of you. I'm going to go down um, what, what I caught while my seven-year-old was talking to me and asking to play my tablet. Um, that's our real life, right? So um, authenticity, brand evangelists, consistency, show up every day. Train the audience. Don't limit yourself. Write down the three things you want to achieve. Talk to your clients. Amplify your own self. Amplify your magic. Busy is not productive. Stop yelling at me, Jasmine. Um, time suck. Energy suck. Um, these are all great tips. As you guys heard, I am seriously going to turn this into a summit. We are going, I'm going to bring these ladies back. We are going to do one of our online summits. It's important for us to really get this. I am, I'm devoted. Um, I think I've hit a, a new place in my business. You know, I I've done the struggle with, you know, I had five conferences scheduled when COVID hit and I have been in negotiations with hotels and all these things because my business had turned into just mostly the podcast and my conference series. And I've had to make so many pivots between being a military spouse, between caregiving for my mom, between now having an autistic son and now having a daughter that's paralyzed within the last 90 days. And, you know, it's hard because there are days I don't want to get up and I don't want to do this. And then people tell me how amazing I am for putting things together. And it's just clearly just, just literally being obedient to my thoughts 
You know, I don't come up with these things because I'm a brain, I'm, you know, I'm a master. I just come up with these things because I realize what's helpful, what's useful, what helps me. You know, we need different perspectives. We need to come together. We need to be able to share our glow with the world. We need to be able to talk to each other. We need to be able to network. We need to be able to nurture each other. We need to be around like-minded individuals more often. And if that means that we're providing a service while we're we're getting help, you know, and, and she said third therapy session slash podcast. That's what your voice is all about. Your voice is your power because as long as we are not silent, we are growing. As long as we are not silent, we're healing. As long as we are not silent, we're dealing. And we have to heal, deal, and grow to change this world. We all deserve abundance. You know, Ichiko talked about scarcity to uh, abundance. And abundance is my key word. It's actually on the stage at all my conferences. Because when I met my husband, he told me I needed to think in abundance because I didn't think that I deserved a lot of the things because I've only come from struggle. And we all deserve abundance. We all deserve happiness. We all deserve, if we want businesses, we deserve to have successful businesses, but we have to get out of our own way. We have to be open-minded. We have to listen to others. And I, I hate using demographics and avatars because a lot of times we think that the information is going to come from somebody that looks like us. No, it doesn't. I, I get so much from so many different people. I went to um, take my daughter on a tour this weekend and we went to a Buddhist temple. It's, it's, it's a 150-year-old Japanese temple that's here in Hawaii. And this, this man is still texting me. And everything that he's saying is what I teach, but it's different when somebody else says it to you. You know, we have to open ourselves up. We need to stop blocking our blessings. We need to be obedient. We need to give ourselves approval and authority to be who we are and to endorse our own magic. So thank you guys for being here. Thank you, ladies, for being here. Uh, see, Melody, I got the y'all and the guy. I, I say it all. So thank you, ladies. For being here you powerhouses i look forward to talking to each of you don't hang up we're tuning out thank you viewers and listeners for tuning into another edition of your voice your power with anika power panel authentic branding and as always you know i'm gonna say stay powerful